it's Sarah here to give you a little nudge to register for our Love the Run You're With virtual race series, which kicks off on Monday, August 9th and has three virtual races in it. Plus, brand new, a strength and recovery streak, complete with how-to videos to make you more injury-proof. And as always, you get amazing swag, including a Corsa sleeveless top and a specialized big mouth water bottle with our exquisite new Run Series logo on it. You're gonna love it. Go to anothermotherrunner.com, click on training and virtual event series to register. We're pleased to partner again with Curex, the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, which means in running stores, it's the top selling brand of insoles. It's no wonder. Curex insoles are highly customizable and provide dynamic arch support. For 15% off, visit curex.us and use code AMR15. Welcome to AMR Trains, a podcast about training and racing in endurance sports. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. If you listen to any recent podcasts in the AMR family, you likely know I've been training for the Aquabike Long Course National Championships, which will be held in the end of September in Harriman State Park, which is near New York City. And to be clear, Aquabike is not riding your bike on the water. It is, in fact, like two-thirds of a triathlon. You do the swimming portion, and then you do the biking portion. So um, I hired coaches Jen and Liz um, as my private coaches for a variety of reasons. I love being part of a team. I was craving some accountability, and I definitely needed their coaching expertise in helping me get fitter and faster in the water and on the bike. I also really wanted to soak up their perspective. When we talked at the beginning of this process, I told them I really admire their no apology winning attitude. They both know exactly what they want in races and how to physically and mentally get after it. And um, I feel like that is not one of my strengths. So I wanted to soak up their, their aura. Long story short, I trained at an elite level in rowing after college for about a year and pretty much crumpled under the training load and mental stress. When I quit, I told myself I would never push myself that hard again or wear a heart rate monitor again, for that matter. I didn't keep either of those promises, and I definitely admit I've had a strong athletic resume so far, but I'm being honest, I haven't truly raced with a capital R and as in totally empty my tank, go for broke, reach my true athletic potential. And that's what I want to do with the national championships. So I'm going to check in today with my coaches, Jen and Liz, to have them help me and you learn how to race. So hi, guys. Hi, Jen and Liz. How are you guys doing? Hi. 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 I'm glad you guys are joining me. Thank you um, for spending some time with me today. Um, So first of all, before we get started, here's my caveat. Everything is on the table. I know we're colleagues in the work environment and you guys are awesome coaches uh, for another mother runner. But today I'm putting on my athlete hat. You're putting on your coach as my, you know, your coach to me athlete hat. So just don't hold back any feedback. This is all you know, I'm up for hearing the good and the bad and the ugly. So um, so let's start with a 30,000 foot view. Um, do you think that you can learn to race with a capital R? Or is that something that some people just naturally have and others don't? Um, Liz, you want to start by answering that? Sure. It certainly is easier for people with that competitive streak. And we all know these people. They, they just compete in yes. everything they do in life. 
And those people are, are, it's easy. I mean, the gun goes off and they know what to do. But I think most people out there need to learn how to flip their switch and turn on that competitiveness and give themselves permission to compete out there versus just, I'm going to do this or I'm going to write off how important it is to me. I think everyone who steps up to a start line, it's important and they want to compete, but it's definitely a mindset and a shift. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Jen, talk a little bit about giving yourself permission. I mean, that that's scary, right? I mean, if I'm saying, okay, I want to put it all on the line, like, because when you, when you push that hard, right, there's a chance that you may not make it to the finish line. Right. Right. Well, yes and no. I mean, I think part of it, part of it is giving yourself permission to, to, to work hard, to suffer, to be, stop being comfortable with the comfortable. I yeah. think it's a good thing. I think what happens and what Elizabeth and I see in our coaching is that people just, not everybody, but a, a large majority of people like the comfortableness of it. Yes. I'm going to go out and run comfortable. I'm going to swim comfortable. And you know what? It feels good. You build fitness, but at some point you plateau. At some point you can't get any more fit because then you just have to, you have to change the stressors, right? So then you add more people are getting injured, people are getting hurt, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to give yourself permission to suffer. And, you know, like Elizabeth has said in the past, and I say all the time, you, we have a center governor of our body. It's not, you're not going to die. You know what I mean? With all health, you know, issues aside, of course, you're not going to die. The worst case scenario is you're going to throw up. Yes. Okay. So you throw up and you carry on with yourself. I know that sounds aggressive, but we're here as the coaches today. We're here as trying to take people to the next level of the competition. So you can, I mean, there's been many, you know, and I, I know both Elizabeth and I as athletes have suffered so much where we would, this is disgusting, but you know what, this is what we're doing today. You know, you kind of throw up a little bit in your mouth and then you kind of spit it out and you keep going. You have to get to that point. And this is a little bit more applicable in short course racing than it is in ultras and stuff like that, but be okay with getting uncomfortable in your training Sometimes yes. when the when the plan calls for it. Yeah, yeah. Are you you saying uh, you know the wor- what's the worst that's going to happen is you throw up. Um, back in the day, a long, long time ago, I went to um, one of Troy Jacobson's Ironman camps to write about it. And <laughs> yeah. um, and at one point, we were doing a bike ride, and um, I was like chasing him or chasing. I, I don't know if it was him or somebody else. And he's like, "Come on, Dimity!" Just like yelling, yelling, yelling at me. And he's like, "You'll pass out before you die." And I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what part of this is fun? This is not fun, you know." Like, and I and I didn't have at that point, you know, I had young kids. I wasn't. I was writing about it. I was more there for the experience than the passing out part. But anyway, um, well, so Liz, I mean, I, so it is a skill. Um, Have you yourself grown into it? Because I mean, again, like I am, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I like a good participation medal. I'm a middle kid. You know, I like a, you know, silver is great. I'm still on the stand or bronze, you know, I'm still on the stand, but someone else has won. That's okay. You know, kind of like talk about your perspective and how you, have um, grown into? Because I know you have some big goals. I know the pandemic has stalled them a little bit, but tell so us wait, about that. Are you, are you asking if I'm competitive? <laughs> yes, I think if you are. We enter, if we enter the grocery store at the same time, I will beat you out. Okay. Okay. All right. No, okay. So, you, so you, you, you might be wired. So you, are you naturally wired that way? And I honestly don't know that about you. You are naturally uh, yes. wired. Yes. And I think I can blame my father because he once in like a neighborhood basketball game broke his own brother's nose to get the ball. 
Yeah. So I I mean, maybe there's like a a genetic component to the competitive drive. I see it like in one, one of my kids, we call him our last best hope for an athlete, Mason number three, (laughs) he's super competitive. And the other two are, you know, fairly happy to just participate. But, um, I think while it comes naturally to some people, it can be developed. And I think it comes from this place of trusting yourself, trusting yourself that when the demands get high, when the pressure builds, when things get difficult, that you will know what to do and, and you'll be okay with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you can, you can develop it. You can develop it, but you, you, you were, you were, you came out of the womb probably 80% of the way there is what I'm hearing. <laughs> at least if not more, you're like my older yeah. sister. Yeah. She, you, you can't beat her at a game. And I mean, you know, hearts, we're playing hearts and you would think that we were at the Olympics. So um, what about you, Jen? Is that something you've grown into or do you kind of have that? Um... She's worse. Oh my God. Well, come on. I'm right. worse than Elizabeth. Are um, you? Okay. This is what happened with me coming out of the womb. I'm, I'm a firstborn. Shocker. Okay. And my mom was really, really young when she had me. She was 21. I'm a Vietnam baby. So when I came out of the womb, my mom was so stressed out with me because I came out with like my, 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 everything was clenched. My jaw was clenched. My rip, my hands were clenched. I was so intense. And I walked at eight and a half months. So my mom was like, she didn't even know what to do with me. So yes, I am super competitive in everything I do. I will say like, even all the kids stuff, like I was having one of my friends talk about, oh, they're doing like a kid's and you guys know, because Elizabeth, you're going through this now. And Dimity, you did. You know, the kids have a, a swim meet and the parents swim next to them. I mean, I'd be all over that. And I yeah. can't I can't separate it. And in triathlon and the sport that I do, I can't, I can't do it. I can't turn off the switch. But there's a lot yeah. of things I'm not competitive. Like if we played Monopoly or Scrabble, I don't care. Like, okay. I'm so not, it's, sport, it's usually sports, pretty much sports related for me. If I'm, if I'm okay at it, if I suck at it, I don't care. It's really weird. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's I think that's legit, right? When you feel like you have a winning shot or a shot, you want to step up. But if you're like, okay, I've never played tennis before, so I'm just going to come out here and you know see what it feels. I like. need an outlet. I need a vice. I need, need something. You know, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I, I was at the doctor for my annual on Monday, and he goes, "God, your blood work is such so magical. I just there's so many good things about your." You're, you're in great, you know, like it was kind of like, I was like, keep talking to me, keep talking to me, keep telling me how good a shape I'm in for a 50 year old. He goes, but he goes, maybe we should have another vice than all this running and cycling and swimming that you do. And I go, oh, what pot drinking? Like what? Like, you know, like we all need some kind of competitive outlet. And because if I was, if I was doing drugs, I'd be on the corner shooting the best heroin ever. And we can't have that. So. We, we can't have that. No, it's, it's a little bit of an addiction. Yes, I could say that endurance sports are a little bit of an addiction. All right. Well, so I need you two to kind of, um, you know, step back a little bit and help me out. Because I, again, I, I'm not kidding when I say, you know, I come from, ah, oh, it's good enough. And not that I don't care. I do care. And I want to care. I do care. I, I care a lot about this race, both as just kind of, you know, tying up some loose ends from my rowing days. I have some regrets from there, right? Um, which is pretty normal, right? When you uh, try to make it to a top level and you don't, or you quit as I did. Um, and uh, and I also, I also just kind of want to feel like what it feels like to be like, oh my gosh, I poured everything in that and I couldn't, 
I couldn't give another step. I couldn't give another pedal stroke. Um, and because again, like, you know, I, I think I identify with that bulk of your athletes that you're talking about. Like, yeah, I show up, I want to do well. It's not like I want to, you know, mail it in, especially if I have trained hard for something. I mean, we all know that different races can have different purposes. Um, you know, so when I, when I was going for, you know, the Twin Cities 10 miler or trying to get under two hours in the half marathon, like I cared a lot, but it was just about, my goal, goal that if I knew that that I kind of already knew that if I executed the way that I had trained, I could do it. Right? It wasn't like it was like a really sky high. I want to go under, you know, one forty in the half marathon. Right? That would have been like a you know that kind of day. So anyway, um, let's move forward a little bit. Liz, you recommended the book Elite Minds by Dr. Stan Beecham when I was when we were corresponding back and forth about. My workouts. Um, so I ordered and I have been furiously underlining it, hoping to soak mm-hmm. it up. Um, yeah. And I'm going to pull in a few quotes along the way on this podcast. So the first one is um, when preparing for anything in life, you are engaged in physical and mental preparation simultaneously. If you are not intentional or conscious in your mental preparation, you will do it unintentionally or unconsciously. When the outcome is important, you cannot leave this process to chance, even though most of us do. Let me just read that last thing again. When the outcome is important, you cannot leave this process, this mental preparation process, to chance, even though most of us do. And I'm the first to admit uh, I have left it to chance so far. So, um, Jen, what are some concrete steps you do with your own mental preparation or recommend to your athletes? You know, one of the things that's so important is. Um, making sure in order to to feel like you're mentally prepared or feel feel prepared you have to prepare better because the preparation builds confidence and in that preparation it is such things as taking care of all the little details the nutrition the stretching the rolling what happens is i find that most athletes they're very good with the plan they go through they check all the boxes they do all the plans but they don't take care of the little things and included in that little thing besides fueling recovery, you know, stretching strength is also the mental prep side. And what happens in our busy lives is that people jump into the workouts. Don't give it any chance. Don't think about it and just do it. And if you already excel as an athlete and you've already let, I don't like the word winning, but you've already met your goals or you're winning your, whatever your goals are then you can turn your brain off and be robotic. But if you're not, you have to exercise that brain just like you exercise your body. And in order to do that, you have to kind of go through, visualization is a word that's a little bit overused. Sure. Um, So I wish there was another way to say this, but you have to go through in training, you have to get ready. Like you visualize yourself on the start line of, you know, the national championships when when you're at an open water swim event or when you're at a big, bike ride. You eat your the breakfast that you're going to eat before the national championships. You wear the clothes that you're going to wear at the national championships. You take care of all these details. And they are some of them physical details, but they add up to this confidence mentally in this this um, mental strength that kind of takes you to this next level that so many people just don't really do a good job with. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, including... I, I, that's definitely something I need to work on. Liz, if you're going into a tough workout or uh, and something like that, are you, do you take time before the workout to, to think about it? I mean, because I know you've got three little kids, so time is yeah. uh priority or, uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's scarce commodity, I guess I should say. It is, but 
you make the time. I sit there. I look at the workout, the workout details. I think to myself, what is this workout trying to achieve? How am I going to best succeed at this workout? You know, set yourself up for success, first of all. Okay. You know, take some time to prepare your workouts. But then, you know, when you're in the workout or just starting it, I always go back to something that uh, one of Jennifer's dear friends, Dave Walters, just phenomenal runner and coach, something he said to me once, when thinking about your goals, you act as if, and you ask yourself, what would a blank do? And blank is whatever you want to be. So Dimity, what would a competitive aqua biker do? What would a national champion do? What would you know, someone who wants to qualify for the Ironman World Championship do. And that kind of helps to to ground you, yeah. you know, in, in the moment of reminding you of what your goal is, but then kind of taking on that persona of, okay, like if I was a national champion, what would I do? Would I sit here and just phone it in and, and be on my phone the whole time? Or, you yeah. know, would I be watching shows while I'm riding my bike? Hey, there's a time and a place for that. But when it's time to work, work. Put yourself in there. Don't distract yourself. You know, get the headphones out of your ears. Sit in that space and suffer a little bit and learn what it feels like to be whatever it is you're you're chasing. The yeah. aqua bike, you know, champion or or top 10 in age group, whatever you're looking for. Yeah. And I'm guilty as charged because I have thought about that. Because I have thought, like, I mean, I'm always distracting myself, right? And along, you know, I've gone on. I think 315 is the longest I've ridden for you guys inside. And it was, you know, I went from Netflix watching Hoarders, which is like <laughs> brainless. Oh, that show stresses me out. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. And it's so, and it's so, I, I hate it, but it was, it's like brainless enough um, to podcast, to music, to, you know, like what's, what's next? What's up for this hour? What's up for this hour? And instead of, so I, I that, I'm glad you said something, Liz, because I have been genuinely curious about, you know, how much, I mean, definitely I got the work done, but did I do it in a present state of mind? And the answer is probably no, right? Yeah, and I think it's okay. Like we all have our pump up music. I have yeah. my songs. When I'm doing a VO2 max workout, I've got my playlist. And that almost helps me to better connect to what I'm doing. Okay. And, and just, you know, like kind of zone out and get in the rhythm of the music. But yeah, if you, when people tell me that they they watched season three of, of whatever, I'm like, how, how do you do that? And yeah. also- pedal the bike with any sort of intention sure. um, or if you're just out there running on the track and you've got headphones in your ears, like how do you know how you sound and what is your breathing like and sure. what does it truly feel like to be working hard? Yeah. 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 And that's, that's, that's really good. And for the record hoarder, that's, that's the reason why I've also watched the circle on Netflix. That's another winning show, but they're very, they're very, um, wrote, right? They have the same same kind of structure every time. It's not like I have to really pay attention or know like who the, to know who the killer is or whatever. Curex, the final step to better running. Last summer, I told you about Curex insoles, the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, which means at running stores, it's the top selling brand of insoles. It's no wonder. Curex Run Pro insoles are highly customizable and provide dynamic arch support. I know there are a lot of add to your shoe options, yet insoles shouldn't be just cushioning and shouldn't only be stiff like custom orthotics. Curex delivers the best of both these options. Curex Run Pro insoles have flexible support with just the right level of rigidity. They have a thin, low profile, yet still deliver maximum support and comfort. 
Curex Run Pro insoles are available in three profiles, high, medium, and low. I have high arches, so my feet, knees, hips, and back are grateful. I added Curex Run Pro insoles to my shoes. Here I am, a runner of a more advanced age, yet I'm injury-free and have been for a while. I don't think it's any coincidence. Once you become a believer in Curex Run Pro insoles, you'll want to check out the brand's other options. Curex offers the largest line of sport activity-specific insoles, from Cleat Pro for soccer or baseball, Hike Pro for hiking, support set for walkers, even Work Pro for all-day wear for those on-their-feet professions, plus tennis, golf, hockey, and skiing too. Try Curex risk-free today. The company offers a 60-day warranty, even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex.us with code AMR15. So Jen, I got um, into my first aqua bike race and the swim, you're a great swimmer, was not great. I think I got overwhelmed by being in a race. I hadn't been in open water yet. Um, and I was just counting on it coming, right? Because most of the time it has come to me and it didn't really come that day. I couldn't find my groove and I let myself off the hook. I I mean, I was embarrassed. Like I would be like, take 10 strokes and then like do t- two breast strokes. And I did that for a long time, which is... Not, I think, what uh, I you would probably recommend. Um, I also wistfully looked at the swimmers hanging on the kayak, like when I was taking a breath. Um, what, in hindsight, could I have done differently? Um, and, and you mentioned I have an open water swimming race in uh, about 10 days. So, and it's, it's a true race. It's a 1.2 mile just a swim race, which I've never been in just a swim race. So Talk me through what I did wrong in that race or what I could have done better because I finished it, right? I showed up, I did it, but it wasn't the way I wanted it to be. Sure. I think open water swimming is a whole separate, almost preparation and conversation with athletes, especially athletes that don't come from a swim background and are maybe are not as confident in the swimming. I can't stress and overstress enough, and this is not directed towards you as, but it's, you know, we'll lump you into this big group the people need to get into the open water and swim. And we work so hard locally to provide opportunities. And I know there's other opportunities around the country, wherever you live to get into this water. So first of all, getting into the water, people are slower in the open water. People are not as confident. It's rightfully so in the open water. The biggest thing is that people let their minds wander in the open water. And I can see it on files. You can see start awesome, 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 like a little bit longer course stuff. Sure. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And then they're just like, and I'm like, what, what happened? Well, I was thinking about the grocery list or my dog or my cat. And, and that happens, but that goes back to this mental toughness, this mental preparation and staying actively engaged. One of the things that I tell all my athletes when I read their race plans and comment back on race plans for especially long course racing is stay engaged. Stay okay. focused, stay on the game because okay. it's so easy to it, trust me, especially in open water, even me. Yes. I love to swim. It's a passion of mine, but I am a much better pool swimmer than I am open water swimmer because I don't practice in the open water as much. So mm-hmm. you, and I grew up, you know, I spent my life, not my life, but a long portion of my life in the swimming pool. So I mastered that. So you can't, it's a different sport. Yeah. So okay. more, more race specific practice in the open water. And when you go to the open water, have a plan. 
Don't just la, la, la in that open water because it is so easy. And I have been guilty of this in the past personally because I just get in open water and I'm like, oh, this is great. No, have a plan. Um, if you have a looped course, you know, get one easy, one fast, you know, and, and, and ironically compare the two and see how much faster am I really going with that much more effort? It's not a lot sure, in the open sure. water. So how do you yeah. make that more efficient? So that's the, I think that's the biggest thing. The other thing, number one, more open water practice. Number two, stay engaged and stay focused. Number three, don't, don't give yourself an out just because it's the open water. So one of my biggest challenges is with, with swimming with athletes is they wait to start the, and then it's not directed towards you, Dimity. They no, wait to start okay. the race until the swim's over. Oh, I'm just going to get through the swim. Yes. Well, trust me, if you want to be a national champion at any level, or you want to hit some goals, you have to be a good swimmer. You don't have to be the best swimmer. You don't yeah. have to win the swim, but you yeah. have to be a really good swimmer because there's not a lot of wiggle room at the top. And sure. those really good swimmers will put minutes on you if we start getting a little bit um, distracted. So yeah, we're not just a long surviving. answer to your short no, question. No, 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 I like it. I like it. Well, and Liz, one of the things that happened to me, and again, I'm just being completely honest. So in previous triathlons, which again, you know, my triathlon career is pretty spotty. It's not like I, you know, have done a ton. I've done enough, but I haven't done, you know, it's not like I do three a year. I've done a three a year for a long time. Um, is that I've started with my group, right? My age group. And I am, I'm tall, I have a pretty strong stroke. So I typically am, am coming out towards the front of my age group. Okay, like that, that has happened historically. Um, on this, in this race uh, that I did, this aqua bike a couple, uh, at the end of June, um, I was with the relay, relay racers. So they're going to put their strongest swimmers in that group. And I was with aqua bikers who um, aren't running anymore. And they're, you know, it's, it's a little bit more mature group. And so they know how to race, right? There were some very, very strong racers. So I will say I was a little like, I remember looking up once and being like, oh my God, how are all these blue caps already in front of me? Like I was a little cocky going in. And so, um, and that's going to happen <laughs> at the national championships. I am not going to be the fastest swimmer. I know that. And so like, how can I, I mean, just admitting that now and, and having that mindset, I think is obviously helpful because now I know like, okay, it's okay if I'm not leading my group and passing people, but kind of, I guess, just talk about that experience a little bit when you are, you know, it was all of a sudden a smaller fish in a bigger pond. Uh, okay. So, I mean, I think it's important to remember it's still the same pond that you've always raced in. And yeah. so nothing really changes in how you approach your race. You still have to get up to that start line and be like, I'm confident, I'm here, I'm prepared. And, you know, knowing that there's faster athletes out there, you will rise to the level of competition. And so it is your challenge then to go, go with them and, and let them pull you along and, and use them to bring out the best in yourself. And I think you had like a moment there where maybe in the past it's been a little easy for you because the swim is your strength. And all of a yeah. sudden it's like, oh, I have to work today. I wasn't yeah. mentally ready. Like I yeah. wanted this to be easy. And I think this brings up a good point. When a lot of people go to races, they think, well, I've done the training. I've checked the boxes. So this is just going to feel good. Oh no, I don't care how fit you are or how many years you've raced, whether you're pro or amateur, when you go to race, it's hard. It it's work. It hurts. You just get better and better at handling it. And you anticipate it from the moment the gun goes off. You're like, okay, here we go. Party okay. time. I'm going to yeah. work for this today. So 
Yeah. You know, like I said, it doesn't matter which pond you're in. If it's big or small, or you're a little fish, big fish, it's all the same challenge ahead of you. So rise up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's helpful. That's helpful. My uh, grant grant, I gave grant a poster once that hangs in his office, the Greg Lamont quote, it never gets easier. Just go faster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> ah, dang it. Well, dang you know, it. Something to add on to yeah. what Elizabeth said, yeah. something that I know Elizabeth and I as athletes feel, you know, people are like, are you excited to race? You know, if I have a race or we have races coming up, are you excited yeah. to race? Yeah, I mean, excited to race, but I'm more, I was so nervous about the suffering that I have. I know how much suffering it takes and it gets even more complicated as I get older. I know how much suffering it takes to do what I want to do. And as you get older, the heat's a bigger factor. You know, there's all these other things that come in. Some of those are excuses and some of those aren't. But just getting your head around the suffering that it takes in order to meet your goals is something I'm back to the mental prep. I think like Elizabeth said, people go into these races and checked up all the boxes and they're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do awesome. And then they realize all winter they've been winning or summer. They've been winning in their basement. They've been winning. Zip. <laughs> they've been winning their local five K's. Yeah. yeah. When you go to the national championships, all those girls and guys are winning their local five K's and local championships and they're all winning Zwift. So it, it, you have to have perspective is really important when you step up your game and you have big, scary challenges, when you go to the world championships or the national championships or any, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And I think that's part of the mental preparation too, of, of, you know what reality. And one of the things with COVID that taught us is people came out of COVID two, two, either two ways, well, three ways. One, most people didn't swim enough. Number two, they came out much more fit because they never had a break to their routine. Sure. So they were racing and traveling and seeing families and all the other obligations. Number three, injured because they did too much. So that's kind of, and that's what we're seeing this year post COVID. People are like, oh my God, everyone's so fast. I'm like, well, yeah, because everybody missed racing. So everybody's at the races now. Yeah. They're not like, yeah, just do the next one because they're afraid yeah. there's not going to be a next one. Sure. So. Sure. No, that's good to know. That's good to know. Well, so, um, uh, Liz, I feel like endurance sports are kind of tricky because you have to pay attention to your own body and situation. And Jen kind of talked about this, like, and like, this is a, I think a, a 1.2 mile swim that I'm going to go to and then a 56 mile bike ride. So, um, it's not, you know, it's not a 5k, it's not even, you know, um, a, a half marathon. It's going to be longer than that. So I have to pay attention, right? I've got a fuel, I've got to kind of feel inside. I've got to pay attention to what's going on with me, but, I also need to keep my eye on the competition um, or should I do the latter? Um, I've only really focused on myself, right? And use people as targets in front of me in a race. Like, oh, I want to catch her. I'll catch her. I'll catch her. But in running is different, right? Because it's not as fast as the bike. So talk a little bit about the, the balance between racing within yourself and racing your competitors. Depends on what your goal is. You know, someone yeah. who says, I want to be in the top 10. Well, you better get to that race fit enough and prepared enough where you don't even have to think about your fuel plan or your effort. And you're just responding to who's passing you and whatnot. But if someone, if, you know, Dimity, yours is just to give it my best on that day. Well, yeah, you need to kind of keep tabs on how's your body feeling, but then you need to have some little uh, carrots to chase along the way. Like what does giving it the best look like? Is there a certain percentage of power we expect to hold? Is there, um, a a, a feeling a perceived exertion that you're chasing? I think maybe that falls on you to come up with, you know, like what are three, three things that I want to feel or have accomplished by the end of this race. And I think a lot of us, 
go to, well, I want my swim split to be 35 minutes. Well, what if the course is long or what if it's really choppy, you know, so, so, so you can always have some time goals, but I think we need some other things to chase as well. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, so, so, uh, Jen, I mean, given what Liz just said, and I I realize we have not set out my goals, uh, very specifically yet, but I mean, if I see somebody coming by me and she has a 48 on her leg and she's not flying by me, am I going to try to stay with her on the bike? Cause she's in my age group, right? Yeah. I mean, like Elizabeth said, it depends on your goals. I mean, but the problem is when the competition competitive side of us takes over, if yeah. it's within the race plan, then yes, you can chase her for a little bit. The The silver lining of the swim run races, excuse me, swim bike races that you don't have to run afterwards. Yeah. So the output of power can be a little bit higher because yeah. we don't need to run. And so Elizabeth and I will talk through that with you and help you understand, you know, what effort this needs to be at. But y- yes and no, as long as it doesn't cook you, then you can, you have to race this race and chase a little yeah. bit. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, um, and I, I'd love both of your, uh, uh, perspectives on this one, because, um, I mean, a little bit is that, you know, I came up with this, I mean, I've had this idea in my head for a long time, but, you know, I think we started training together in March, I'm racing in September. So it's been three, like six months, right. Um, you know, I'm just curious, like how, with this mindset, if I'm coming in with this mindset and trying to be more mindful, and paying attention and, you know, setting my intentions, that kind of thing. How much is just experience? I can't just order up, you know, on Amazon Prime, a racing mindset. Um, so is this more of like a year, years long process? Or is this, I mean, again, I know you guys kind of come, come at it naturally, so it might be hard to delineate, but I'm just curious what you think, like, is, is reasonable, right? Like, how long should I be training hard to feel like I can finally race hard, right? Or training with intention. Yeah. Yeah. It happens in in training. Okay. So obviously your easy workouts, you can zone out, check out, whatever. Just let those be easy. But the key workouts, most people have one key workout on their schedule every week. That's the time where you need to put your mind into the race and encounter some of those same feelings that you get in the race. Bump up against your limits a little bit. Make sure your challenging workouts push you, you know, you shouldn't be nailing every single workout. Well, that's nice. It doesn't really teach you anything. Okay. And then from there, you have some of these smaller, which I know you have on your schedule, Dimity, these smaller, like racing events, like you have an open water swim race scheduled, or you're doing, you know, an Olympic distance aqua bike, these small stepping stones where you can start testing out some mindset things and taking some risks, you know? Okay. So maybe in the, in the Olympic aqua bike coming up, you're going to, hold back for 10 K and then just blast out the next 30 K and, and see, see how it feels, or maybe go too hard to start and then see what you have left, you know, so we can come up with some little smaller things that are going to help us set some expectations for the, mm-hmm. for the big race. Sure. Sure. But um, so Jen, I mean, do you think that, 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 and again, this is, I, I, you can say whatever you want, like, please. Um, but like, is September too soon for me to think about trying to, you know, maybe get into the top 15, maybe? I mean, and we don't even know what the field looks like. I don't know anything, but just like have it, have a good race, like show up and really represent and try to race to my true ability, see where that lands me versus like next year doing it. Um, like what's, what's a year of what's, what would be another year of experience, especially with this race? Like again, on the, um, 
on the one race I've done so far, like it was hard to race the bike because I, I, I just wasn't kind of mentally ready to do that. Right. I hadn't really given myself that preparation. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's, it's, each year that people get underneath their belt of experience, the more experience, the better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the more experience, the better. So that's, but that, see, but I don't want to take away from September because yeah. there's no reason why you can't excel and rise to the occasion in September. You're executing the workouts. You're committed to the plan. You're staying healthy as much more, as we can, which, less, yeah. which, yeah. which let's, let's not, let's not discount how hard that is. Sure. Right? Sure. Um, as we age, super hard. And, you know, you're doing the right stuff. You're trying to take care of the mental side, the fueling, you've been eating more during your workouts, and that's helping you recover better, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, these are all stepping stones to success. And I don't think you should sell yourself short for uh, September. I don't think, I think you should set your goals high. My, my thing is set the bar super high. And let's see where we fall in that. If we always set the bar super low, then everything is just yeah. Well, and, and definitely I will say, you know, again, with, with everything after rowing up, it's always been finished, finish strong, like, but don't, you know, Sarah's, Sarah's whole thing is like empty the tank. Like that, that wasn't interesting to me. <laughs> I'm really doing my best to try to make it interesting to me. So. Well, and the other thing too, is give yourself some grace with that. If you, yeah. you gotta, we gotta keep your goals in, in perspective of what is important to you. Yeah. If you don't want to empty the tank, that is okay. Yeah. I think people always have, always feel like they have to chase the win or chase the huge success. And you know what? I'm here to tell you it's exhausting. So if yeah. you don't want to chase that huge success or chase that, you don't have to. There's nothing wrong with executing a great race. Hey, this is in general where your heart rate should be. This is in general where your effort level should be. And Elizabeth and I can help put some more quantitative uh, numbers with that. But sure. there's nothing wrong with that yeah. either. So sure. you have to decide as the athlete, if you when you walk away from this race, what makes it successful? Sure. That's, that's what okay. you have to ask. Yeah. And no, then that's... your goal should be based on that that success. Some people will say, I, and this is not for you, Dimity, I want to finish it. Or I want, you know, or they want to, yeah. I want to be in the top 10 of the age group, whatever yeah. it is. But you yeah. have to kind of. Put, put some, know. I need to put, yeah, I need to put some more thought into that for sure. Um. Okay. Well, um, so, and I hear you that it's exhausting. Like this is one chapter, right? If I have not, you know, so I feel like I can exhaust myself on this one chapter, this one little experiment, this empty the tank experiment. I don't see myself living this lifestyle for like, like, like you guys do. Right. Um, which is again, you know, everyone gets to drink their own cup of tea, which is, which is so great about sports. So, Okay, here's another uh, quote from our friend, uh, Dr. Stan Beecham. Um, and this is kind of just riffs on what we've been talking about. You have to want it to be difficult even more than you want it to be fun. Um, or he puts it another way in the book. In, in order to run a personal best, you must be willing to hurt. If you are wishing away the pain, you are also wishing away the thing that is going to make you better. If you're wishing away the pain, you're also wishing away the thing that's going to make you better. Um, and I'm, I'm also pretty good at doing that. I wish I'm good at wishing away time, wishing away miles. Um, I mean, I had a rough go on the FTP test, which is functional threshold power are basically 20 minutes of as hard as you can go. Um, I know they're not easy for anybody. Um, and I know everyone kind of has their version of an FTP test. If they're training for something and want to get a baseline, you know, pace, a baseline heart rate, um, whether you're doing speed work, whatever there's, there's FTP tests out there everywhere. So, 
Liz, talk a little bit about your mental preparation before you take an FTP test. Same as race day. Okay. Same breakfast, coffee, pump up music yeah, <laughs> on yeah. the playlist. Um, and going into it with an open mind, not okay. overthinking how I feel, just saying, and, but, and, but also having a plan. It's also not like, well, I'm just going to see how it goes. Well, no, I mean, you need to like build into it the first two to five minutes and then, you know, putting, putting forth the effort and making sure you finish that test with no regrets. It goes back to what Jennifer just said about you deciding what's important in the race. So I have this rule. Whenever I fly to a race, I assume you're going to fly to New York, Dimity. Yes, I am. Yes. Um, I cannot get back on the plane with any regrets because there's nothing worse than sitting on the plane with sore hamstrings, blisters, a headache, cramped into economy, and also (laughs) having regrets about your race. Okay. And the longer the race, the longer the flight, the worse this is. Yeah. Like, what's it going to take to finish this test and not and not have a regret. I mean, you don't want to do an FTP test every week. You want to make the most of it when you're doing that darn yeah. test. Yeah. You know, same with the race. I like that. I like that. Oh my gosh. That's so, I just made my plane ticket yesterday. So now I can <laughs> picture myself in my cramped jet blue seat and I'm yep. ready. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, okay. Jen, part of what's challenging and I, and I put that in quotes because it might I'm thinking it's more of an excuse, but I'm training by myself all the time, right? Um, mostly because of schedules. And then I've got the, the, the individual workouts you guys are giving me. It's hard and it gets hard for me to push against a clock or my heart rate instead of having a bike next to me, a swimmer next to me, a friend next to me, whatever. Um, like, and I mean, even, a, you know, on Saturday I had a bike ride and I didn't hit my zone targets that I was looking for. And, you know, Well, part of it was the train, but part of it was like, oh my God, it's going to take so much work for me to try to get up here right now on this flat or downhill terrain that I'm just not going to do it. Right. So how much is like training alone is, is a legit excuse versus, um, one that maybe isn't as legitimate or is it a combination or I don't know, (laughs) talk me through, talk me through this. And, and again, you know, really tough question for me to answer. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, no, be uh, but, I, but I asked you honestly, to be honest. Yeah, I think most athletes do a really poor job training by themselves. Yeah, yeah. And I think that they're not directed towards you. I think they're kind of babies with pushing. I, the yeah. amount of updates and the amount of conversations I have with athletes, well, I just wasn't motivated because my friend Betsy wasn't there and I just couldn't get up because of my, and I'm like, you gotta be flipping kidding me. Like, it's not even a concept to me. Like, I can't even get my head around it. Just do the work. Okay. Just do the work. So, yeah. so let's go back to make that, that a little bit more politically correct for okay. the audience. <laughs> this goes back to mental toughness. And mental toughness is an overused term, but ba- basically back to just, just thinking about the workout and what you need to accomplish in that workout without all the fluff. Okay. So if you have an FTP, an FTP test, a bad example. Let's say you have a swim. And you're going to the pool and your friend Mary's not joining you at the pool because her dog is sick or her child is sick. So you have to push those intervals by yourself. And you're like, crap, I just would be so much easier if I chased Mary or if Mary was chasing me. Okay, yes. Yes, it is more fun. We have to have fun with what we're doing. But when you have your specific hard workouts, regardless of the circumstances, get it done. 
Yeah. Doesn't matter if Betsy's there or not. Now for your easy workouts, then you call all your best friends and you go out and you have coffee and you have, you know, go for a walk. I don't, we don't care what you do. So what's really important is differentiating what you're trying to accomplish with each workout. Easy, call all your friends, do it with friends and socialize. Cause I'm okay. a huge fan, obviously of socialization, but I would never, ever do my key workouts with somebody that wasn't exactly my speed. And nobody, none of us are exactly the same speed in anything we do. Sure. So, so differentiate quality and just get it done. Yeah. And don't make excuses. Not okay. saying you are. And then for the fun, <laughs> all the other fun, then have fun with your friends and do yeah. stuff. Meet for coffee afterwards. Keep it fun. And that's the way, that's the way that the people, um, you know, that's just, that's how they, they become more successful. Sure. Sure. Liz, would you add anything to that? Um, it, it is hard to, to do the workout by yourself. I, I get it, but it's very realistic to race day because you know what? And especially Timothy with you, you're, you're racing 56 miles on the bike. Do you think yeah. somebody's going to be right ahead of you the whole time? No, no. Might be really spread out, right? Yeah. Or I have an athlete, she's doing an 8K tonight and it's start whenever you want within 90 minutes. And I'm like, well, that's no fun. Who are you going to chase? <laughs> well, good thing she did all her track workouts by herself. So she now knows how to, how to push and to kind of like press her own buttons and keep, you know, turning the dial up. And so you got to just go there in, in training and keep figuring out when you want to let up, what, what do you have to say to yourself or think about to keep pressing on and, and chasing that best performance. And like I started this whole thing with give yourself permission to do the work and to, to find out what happens. Because when you're like, oh, I let up because it would have been hard. Oh, that's self-sabotage. Or yeah. you don't want your goals that bad then, do you? Yeah. You're just writing down the goals because that's the easy part. But when push comes to shove and you're out there by yourself, you know, that's where it gets real. And, and that for you is that edge. Like, am I going to achieve or am I just going to sit back here and play it safe? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my and gosh. And to add on to that, Dimity, so, yeah. and that's a great point. This weekend I had, we had a lot of people racing all over. There was a, a half Ironman in Door County up in Wisconsin. I had an, a new athlete there, new to sport of triathlon. She's doing Ironman in Wisconsin. She did her only her second half Ironman, first one she did before kids. She's my age. Okay. Um, she ended up getting second in her age group, which was phenomenal. She had an, she's an amazing athlete, had amazing race. And you know what she said to me? I can't believe how lonely it is doing this half Ironman. And I said, it's really lonely at the top. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. she was second in the age group and it's not, you know, and, and she was up front and blah, blah, blah. And she's not used to that. So sure. as you take steps up to faster and faster, um, regardless of where you are, it doesn't matter if you're at back of the pack, you move to the middle of the pack, there's just less people as you move up and getting used to getting used to being by yourself is very, very normal and common yeah. um, as you get faster. Well, I'm pretty used to that. I'm used to training by myself. I don't know, you know, so that's good. I don't have a Mary right now, which is okay. And you know what? That is something, you know, it is at that point when I'm start starting. I mean, it was funny yesterday. Um, I was going to the pool and I missed a workout on Monday. I haven't missed many workouts, but I missed that one for a variety of reasons. So Tuesday afternoon, I was going to the pool. Um, it was four o'clock. There's one adult swim lane. This is the outside pool in our neighborhood. So one mm -hmm. adult swim lane. Um, there was an older man in it and a, um, and a, and a lifeguard teaching lessons to a younger kid. And, um, and I was like, oh my God, you know, and it was closing in like an hour and 45 minutes. And I, and Grant was coming up to meet me at the pool 
and he was just going to float around and be on his phone and stuff. And, uh, and, and he, he sees me and he's like, where are you going? And I'm like, well, I think I'm going to go home and go to the indoor pool because it's really crowded and, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to get my workout in. He's like, it sounds to me like you're making excuses. And I was like, <laughs> ah, bastard. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, and I turned around and I went back and the older guy was out within, you know, 10 minutes and, um, and, the, and the swim lesson was over then too. And I got it done. And I think sometimes, yeah, it's, it's, it's just calling, having a friend or a partner, or, you know, someone who knows you well call your bullshit or, um, or calling it on yourself. Right. So, yeah, I will say though, that then we'll end on a light note. So it was funny. Cause so Grant was, like I said, it was floating around kind of in and out of the pool. He's like later, he was like, so that was that a, a form workout or like a speed workout? Like, what was that? And I was like, well, it was like a little of both. And I'm like, <laughs> but you clearly couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> and, like, and it goes back to Jen, what you were saying, like, go fast, go slow, see what the difference is and see if it's worth the energy. Right. Right. So especially um, in swimming. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm kind of a one trick pony there, but that's okay. I'll, I'll keep working on it. I'll keep working on it. Well, thanks you guys. This has been really fun for me. Um, I have really enjoyed this journey with you and I, I'm looking forward to the next couple months and, um, and seeing what happens and setting some goals. And of course we'll, um, we'll do a, a post race recap as well and, um, and unpack it all. So um, thanks for your wisdom. Thanks for your honesty and all your help. 